0: Hey, everybody. My name is Jordan Cooper. This is Don't Let's Start, a podcast about they might be giants. I am here, not joined by my co host, Dave Fox. Um, Because this show would not be the same without Dave, he has been generous enough to provide responses. He sent me some responses that I could pop in here. And to be honest, I don't think our listeners, I don't think you people will be able to tell the difference. So, Dave, what's been new with you? I'm doing well. How are you holding up? Okay, I'm okay. I hope everyone out, out there is okay. I feel like everyone has kind of by now heard their favorite podcasts discuss what's going on or avoid discussing what's going on because they assume everyone else is discussing what's going on, and and I'm going to do the same. Needless to say, uh, this podcast is is not easy to do under under current circumstances, but this is a special episode. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Dave?
1: Well, you can't have the rainbow without the rain.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, by the way, I should tell the listeners I have not heard these yet. I'm I'm popping them in uh, sight unseen, sound unheard. Uh, so we're we're in this together. So anyway, this episode was actually recorded uh, last summer. Last summer, remember last summer? What a what a great whatever you might have thought about last summer. It was uh, probably a great summer in retrospect. So this was recorded last summer. It is an interview with Gary Ray. Who is Gary Ray? Dave, do you know who Gary Ray is?
1: Oops. Guess that's one for the blooper
0: reel. That's right, Dave. I caught you. You don't remember. Well, Gary Ray, he was the founder and owner of Derinka. Derinka was the club that they might be giants and many other, many other acts, which you'll hear about. They all played at Derinka from around 1984 to 87, you might have seen Gary Ray in Gigantic, the documentary about They Might Be Giants. He he talks for a, a brief moment about Dorinka, and we actually talked to him about his uh, gigantic appearance in this interview. I remember at the screening I went to, uh, his his part got a big laugh. So anyway, we, we did this interview. Uh, you might hear Gary is an amazing storyteller. So we actually, we didn't ask him too many questions. We didn't uh, interrupt or butt in as much because Gary just kind of, entranced us with his his amazing stories about the performance art scene in the 80s and all the different artists well, Who was your favorite dave
1: coronavirus shmaronavirus
0: yeah so not to give anything away but we discuss some of those some of the acts some tmg fans might be familiar with like like how sirowitz or or people that uh joshua freed and bill krauss talked to us about wow jordan i don't know how you do it it's not easy So this does work as kind of a companion piece to those two interviews we had done previously. You really get a picture painted of the performance art scene in the 80s. You feel like you're there. Uh, Gary really, especially, he's great at painting a picture. Uh, Dave, do you like painting pictures?
1: That's when I knew I was different than everyone else. Special.
0: So yeah, this interview, it's almost unedited because it was just such a tight... Interesting conversation. Uh, we talk about They Might Be Giants' performances there. He, he tells us about the final night of Dorinka and They Might Be Giants performed. He talks a little bit about their working relationship. And for They Might Be Giants fans who are like me and love finding out all their references and thing, mysteries in their lyrics and things we've never known about, there is one bombshell in, in this episode that Gary inadvertently uh, revealed. And I, I think that's, that might be my favorite moment in the show. Special. It it really is. Gary tells us about his very interesting uh, acting career, and and we we go into that. It's you might have actually seen him in a few things and not realized it. That actually happened to me. I had seen him in a commercial for something called Pizza Compass. Uh, <laughs> Dave, do you are do you use Pizza Compass? That's a shocking statistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pizza Compass is an app that hunts for pizza in your area. It's kind of like takes, I, I guess, Google map results and kind of puts it in the shape of a pizza compass that points you in the direction. And it's Gary in the commercial that I had seen. So that was kind of a shock to me. and And I found this out months after our interview.
1: There's podcasting and then there's podcasting. Now that's what I call podcasting.
0: Gary also talks about the different bands he was in over the years, and we've got some really, they can only be called exclusive uh, clips of his old music, and and there's some people in his bands that are very interesting that we learn about. So there's a lot of great music in this one, too. So that's a treat. and I will not delay you any further. I hope this entertains you during this time. I hope you're all safe and well. I hope people you all know are safe and well. Uh, that That's a tall order, but I hope that it's true. And please enjoy the Don't Let's Start, a podcast about They Might Be Giants exclusive interview with owner and founder of Derinka, seminal figure in the performance art scene in New York City, Gary Ray.
1: It was 40 years to the day that the murders began, Some say the curse still remains.
0: So, okay, we should start. Uh, um, We started. Yeah, we did start. (laughs) Uh, So I guess we don't know too much about you and the other besides the, the venue and all that. So I guess you could talk about getting into... Well, so you sent us some of your your bands that you're in.
2: Yeah. I guess I'll just tell you that I was always, um, from grammar school, I was involved with theater. And then in high school, I started playing bass uh, guitar and started playing a lot of music at that time. So my two main focuses were theater and music, Mm -hmm. which was rock and jazz, mainly. And then um, I came to New York. And I I studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, but at the same time I was playing in bands. And it seemed like it was really great because I was so busy I didn't have time to waste, Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if you know that feeling, yeah, but when you. <laughs> you're really busy and you, every moment you have to make, make happen, you, you don't have time to like lay around and, and do nothing. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so, why
0: we're doing this right now.
2: <laughs> so, uh, back in the, uh, late seventies, when I was at school at the Academy, I was uh, in a band called Someone, hmm. uh, Tokyo Tower. Yeah. yeah. We played CBGBs a lot, stuff like that. And they were the kind of punkish new wave little more on the new wave side and then I I was in a band called State of Desire.
0: Yeah, we, we, we both listened a lot heard, today. Yeah. I basically spent all day listening on a loop. Oh, that's great. Time.
2: State of Desire played CBGB's a lot, Danceteria, mm. and Hilly, Crystal, mm. yes. uh, owner mm. of CB's, loved us. Wow. And, and so did uh, Lenny Kay, who was the guitar player for Patti Smith. Oh, wow. He, he was also a big fan of our band. Sadly enough, we did break up. Well, we we were in operation around two years, but it was a very, very creative, super creative situation. Then I was with a band called Luxury Knives and The Academy, uh, which you might have also heard uh, gigs at at Seabees. I
1: walked a long way Walking through time
3: your face. Oh, I don't know why. You can choose your leather, design your life. Or I may be walking towards isolation.
2: And that was about oh 83 going 84. I was looking for a um a place where I could live and play music. a loft, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which I'd lived in before. To make a long story short, I was working, moving pianos and stuff like that wow. for, for a living, for money. Yeah. And we were, I took my truck to some garage on East 9th Street in East Village. And these, these guys that were there, the mechanics, older guys, Walter and Tony, I think, really nice guys. And they said, you know, I'm looking for a space that I can live in and play music. And you have any, any leads, anything like that? And he says, well, you should go across the street to see Tom. He's a landlord in the neighborhood. He owns a bunch of buildings. Ask Tom. Tell him we sent you. You know, go over there. They go in the office, and there's this guy, you know, uh, really nice guy. He's like, what are you looking for? You know, he says, well, you know, I want to play music. I want to live someplace. He says, well, I don't have anything quite like that, but I have this club. Mm-hmm. I said, What? He says, yeah, my son, he kind of put this club together, but uh, I didn't like what he was doing with it, and I took <laughs> it away from him. So you want to see it? He says, sure. <laughs> so I, I had promoted a couple of parties uh, before that at different places, and so, hey, you know, it was something that I had been thinking about anyways. It was down on East 1st Street, and they had a beautiful floor, and they made a little stage, and there was a back room as a dressing room that I could also sleep in. And, uh, And I said, I'll take it. You know, we built a bar, me and a couple of friends. And then in the backyard, they had these huge uh, beams, and but they were all burned because there was a fire down there. Okay. And, and his son, the landlord's son, had t- removed the beams and just stuck them in the backyard because they were <laughs> too big to get out, uh-huh. to throw away. So we just stuck them in the backyard. And then my friends and I laid, laid them down and had a fantastic patio back there. It was our backyard. <laughs> yeah. So that was... How Darinka began. Wow. Yeah, and just very quickly, I, the name. Yeah. I was ask. yeah. A, well, we have written y- you see, like <laughs> at that time, every all, a lot of the clubs like had really rough names like Spit and Spike, and you know, it, 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 seriously, you know, it was like <laughs> yeah. uh, after it was places like that in '83, '82, '84. So I wanted something that was a little more friendlier and maybe a little feminine. Yeah. And then the neighborhood, the East Village had this Polish and Ukrainian, uh, you know, history. So I thought, well, something Slavic, maybe Hmm. a woman's name. And then it hit me, my mother's name. Oh, wow. So, Darinka mm. was my mother's name. She shortened it years ago to Dara, D-A-R-A, but her original name was Darinka, which is Serbo-Croatian, and it, and it kind of means uh, gift giver, one who gives gifts, and, mm-hmm. and I used that, and it worked great because, uh, you know, we had a lot of women coming, yeah. and, and, and yeah. actually, the, one of the great things about Darinka is um, a lot of hookups. A lot of hookups. And I mean, not just, uh, you know, boy, girl, boy, boy, girl, girl, yeah. but it just seemed to be a great place for people to meet and then like, you know, do wild and crazy shit after that. I bet there's a lot
0: of Dorinka babies out
2: there. <laughs> ah, I'd like to think
0: so, but I don't know, maybe. But
2: there are there were cu- couples uh, that yeah. got married as a result of that. Wow. And actually I do, yeah, that well said. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did put together uh, Jeff and Melinda. Jeff used to play in uh State a desire would oh, play okay. drums, and they got married, and they have three Dorinka babies. You're right.
0: I, <laughs> I want to backtrack a little. let we're, we're, We actually have a long segment in an episode all about Hilly Chris, Crystal. Is that yeah, Hilly Crystal. Yeah. Any um, I don't know any stories or impressions about him because he's an interesting character. And the reason we talked about him is they, there was a "They Might Be Giant song he he sang vocals on, but it was cut out. Oh, really? And, and like you know, we're interested in what that was like, but. So he's someone that they were they were interested in, and we're interested. In. And we Dave played CBGBs with yes, his band. Yes, yes. I played CB's Gallery, which was the next door. Yeah, yeah. next door. Sure. So we're we, we love and we miss CBGBs. Yes, it yeah. just is yeah. a staple
1: yeah. of the music scene.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. If there's any anything that comes to mind. Well,
2: um, you know, I I think I started playing there in '77. I think that was the first time I played there uh, with one of the old bands. And Hilly Hilly was. A really, really nice to me. He really was always a gentleman to me. And then, um, you know, with every new band that I had or that I was part of, I go to Hilly and, you know, hey, you know, can I get a gig, you know, and he just never hesitated always. Wow. And then, and then, you know, when State of Desire broke up and State of Desire, we were backing up the no wave, like, Stars at the mm. time, we, we were playing Saturday nights with like DNA and um, Jules Batiste and Red Decade. These were like big draws. They they got a lot of people there, and and definitely the um, the apex of no wave, if yeah. if that makes any sense to you. But so my point is, so then my band, our band broke up, State of Desire, and then there was the new band. And hey, you know, any chance I can get a gig and. Without hesitation, yeah, you know, you'll open on Friday night for these guys. And that was wow. beautiful that he, he had that kind of confidence in me. Yeah. Now, another thing he did, he's a friend of his, and I can't remember the name of the producer, was producing some disco records. So he came to me, called me, says, Gary, y- y- you want to sing on some disco records? <laughs> oh. And I said, w- w- really? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah. And I got Donnie Fury, too, who's going to sing on it. I don't know if you know who Donnie no. Fury is. Mm-hmm. He is a producer. He had a studio down on Spring or Prince Street. But he did, he produced a lot of the punk acts and then i got my buddy al houghton who i know you know i I interned at
0: dubway studios two years ago well
2: al and i go way back
0: yeah i saw him on the soundcloud his name yeah and i couldn't (laughs) believe it yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like should have put the two together yeah
2: well al and i go way back and so Donnie fury al and i sang on two disco records (laughs) they were they were covers of um black is black I want my baby back and working my way back to you. I think that might have been, you know, the Four Seasons or someone like Frankie Valli or something like that. But they were doing this big, this one producer was making his disco versions of the song. And then and then I don't think it, it was only played in Florida. Uh-huh. and from what i understand it made like the top 10 in florida now we never got credit but we got paid so you know it was kind of a buyout here yeah. you know? right right. here's a couple of hundred bucks get out of here, you know and don't don't call me ever again that kind of thing and then um so hilly fixed us up with that yeah now the other thing is hilly was very quiet he was very very quiet and uh BG, B, do you know that name, B.G.? No. He he was the doorman, and he helped booking with with Hilly. He helped uh, Hilly's daughter do booking and stuff. B.G. was a doorman, and um, I've seen B.G. you know around over the years. So one you know one day we were talking about C.B.'s and and uh, my relationship with Hilly, and I said, you know, he was he was such a great guy, but but he was always so quiet with me. He says, don't worry it was nothing going on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I had a friend, our friend, Sam, in college, he used to get really quiet. And one time I said to him, like, where do you go? I feel like you're thinking (laughs) some deep thoughts about me. And he's just like, I'm not at all. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just thinking I'm just about like that. I'm hungry. Well, that
2: that's what that's what he made uh, me believe <laughs> yeah. was on Hilly's mind. Yeah, nothing.
0: He had like a faraway expression where you could. It seemed like but yeah, <laughs> there was nothing going on. That's so funny. Yeah, that that's uh,
2: that's my my Hilly
1: story. Did you have a, besides Hilly? Were there any other impressions of the bands that played at that time?
2: Sometimes, see, even though I loved playing CBGBs, sometimes it wasn't the best place to go hear a band.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> we know. you know, you know
2: what I mean. <laughs> so, so we had there were a lot of other venues to mm, go to, sure, you sure. know, like the Ritz was a great place to hear bands and mm. dance at sometimes, uh, the Peppermint Lounge. Have you heard of the Swans? Well, oh, it's familiar, well, I haven't. Well, they were a very loud band uh-huh. and um, I'll never forget, they were so loud and I was outside <laughs> and they were so loud. I said, oh my God, this is gonna hurt. And I didn't stay long, yeah. but it, they were so loud. Um, and they were, they were like no wave also. But um, other than that, they had a great jukebox. Yeah, they I'll had bet. a really, really good jukebox, you know, really, really good. And, uh, you yeah, know, the place was sticky and, you know. Um, <laughs> it
1: still was when I played there. It was, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the bathrooms were disgusting. My
1: wife was, like, appalled by the bathrooms when yeah. so she came and see me when we were dating around. Really yeah, long. I
2: think I used the bathroom across the street somewhere. I was like, don't
1: let that deter you. <laughs> sure. It's a great place. Well,
2: <laughs> now, this a lot of people don't know this about Seabees, but back about 82, 81, 82, they had a cable TV show on public access. Really? Yeah. Now, I don't know who produced it, but because I've been trying to find that out for years and, I, and nobody knows, but they would basically videotape a band. And every week they would play like two bands on the show. Mm-hmm. it was just one one show a week yeah. and the the visual quality was really good for that time, and the audio was excellent and they got us they they actually uh, Ooh, cool. videotaped state of desire it was our our last gig, and I know it was good it was yeah. it was
0: a it was a mm-hmm. great gig and i I'd love to see it i yeah. you know uh, um i also want to say about hilly giving you gigs any you know because mm-hmm. he I just like, thinking about the times that I've been in a band and needed gigs and just, it really means the world to have someone support you and be like, yeah, yeah play. You need you that can play here and play here every two or three months because I've, you know, it's like, I'll have a show or, that went well at, at a place, at a venue, and then I'll email them and they just won't respond.
1: They fall
2: and then that. I
0: don't have another show there. And then I don't have another show for a while because I, you know.
2: Yeah. Not only that, but yeah. they had a great sound system mm. and- The engineer that we mainly worked with, Robin, I can't remember his last name, but he always made a really big effort to get a good recording for us, Mm -hmm. you know, from the board. And, you know, I have lots of tapes from those gigs, and I'm so happy that he did that for us. I mean, he would feel guilty when he'd had to turn it over because you know the tape was maybe a half hour aside yeah and you know we played maybe 40 minutes or something and he he turned it over so there was a glitch but still it were
0: great yeah so you talked about starting to uh do you remember what some of the first shows there were
2: yeah sure um well that was 84 that was the okay. spring of 84 and um I had for some reason I had kind of a, a pre opening party and and um that was I had the alien comic there, Tom Murren. Do you know that name?
1: Bill, um, from Bill Krause. Bill said, yeah. Oh yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, Tom Tom <laughs> yeah. was was a wonderful guy. He's passed away uh, a few years ago and um even though my background wasn't theater, I went to a lot of pro- performance art in the neighborhood in the East Village. Yeah, and at that time, you know, of course, PS 122 was like the big king of of new stuff, and they had something which I think still goes on today, mm. called avant-garde rama okay. So that was a way for you to get samples mm. of. of people. They would do like 10 minutes each, something like that. And that's where I saw Tom and the Alien comic, and then had him come over to Dorinka and do this party. Then when we had our second, our official opening, mm-hmm. that's when I had this LA performance artist, James Tripp Trivers. Um, oh, we can't, never heard of him after that, but, <laughs> but, and also the, the performance duo, of Steve and Mark, yeah, and that's Steve Buscemi yeah. and yeah, Mark yeah. Mark, mm-hmm. Mark Boone Jr., mm-hmm. who was his performance partner. And I saw them in an avant-garde rama and said, "Oh man, you guys got to perform yeah. at my place." And they were—they actually opened the club on on our oh, official wow. opening. Wow! Wow! And, we should um,
0: interview Steve Buscemi. That'd be great. That's yeah. the next one. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, do you know much about their bill? B- bill told us he described one for us in detail, but I'm <laughs> hap- really w- would be happy to learn more. You know. Well,
2: I mean, all I want to say is that they were um they were a performance duo. Everything they did had a lot of social commentary. Mm. You know, even though it was it, it was really hilarious much of the time, they would make you think about things. Um I don't know which one of their acts Bill talked about.
1: He talked about a, uh two Harry Krishnas stuck in an elevator. Yeah. He said it was the funniest thing he ever saw yeah. in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have I have a flyer from that that show oh um but they did the elevator bit a lot oh really but they would have two different characters oh okay and there was one where one one of the guys and that's what they did at the first night now i remember wow they did a thing where it was a businessman and a hip-hop dancer stuck in an elevator together (laughs) and the the hip-hop dancer was dancing to, um, you know, to kind of release the boredom. And then the businessman started doing it too. <laughs> I know now, the, the best one yeah. that, okay. that I remember was, okay, lights come up and there's <laughs> two guys on the, on the stage like acting like dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, on all fours, sniffing around, doing this and that, acting like dogs. Then one of them starts sniffing the other one's butt. Right and and so like I I can't remember who it was but it might have been um, Steve was sniffing Mark's butt yeah. and then all of a sudden now they haven't said a word for like five minutes not a word they're just then all of a sudden uh, Mark jumps up and goes now we said none of that <laughs> so it turns out that they're two guys in prison and and to relieve their boredom they're acting like two dogs for wow. fun. <laughs> you know, so that's the kind of, you know, genius that they, w-
0: they were doing and it was very, very funny. Kind of reminds you of Whistling in the Dark, the lyrics. Do you know that They Might Be Giants song? Yes. He says, because it's a punchline. Linnell said the inspiration for that song was the idea that it's a punchline that the two people talking end up like you, you pan out and they're in prison. I wonder if that was like some weird. They
2: misprint. might have. Said, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. They borrowed. Jordan's connecting yeah. that's, that's, lots
2: that's of okay. stuff <laughs> all the
1: time. That's yeah,
2: okay. That's really... Now, of course, we know um, what's come, become of Steve. Now, did you know who Mark Boone Junior. is? No, I don't. Okay, we say well, we on
1: son on Sons of Anarchy. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's
2: right. right. Said that. He was. He was Bobby. Bobby, long hair, okay. um, guy. <laughs> you know. a little little wide but he was lovable everybody loves that character Bobby Mm. but he was
0: one of the sons of of Anarchy and he's been in a lot of films and stuff like that it's so funny because, you know, I had a poster of Steve Buscemi on my wall in yeah. high school because I got really into Tarantino and Coen Brothers. And uh-huh. all. I got really into like film nerd stuff. Yeah. And I loved his movie Trees Lounge, which is a, a movie. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he directed, and direct. yeah. And I had a Trees Lounge poster and I met Steve Buscemi last year. Oh, my God. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. just I'm just pulling out a couple of flyers here from, uh,
2: so this is, ah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, th- and this this, is, this was kind of uh, one of their <laughs> guru guru things. Uh,
3: uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I called them the gurus of comedy, probably because <laughs> of that Hare Krishna thing
1: that they did. So wow. for the folks at home, we have a folder full of old flyers, which yeah. you know we love.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, look at that flexi party. Oh, man. The Flexi Party for they might be giants. Yeah, we've got to talk about that. That's right. That's we've fine. got it. Well, here, well, so unless if there's any other stuff, but bef- oh yeah, that's I actually have. They they sent their fans um copies of old flyers. Oh nice. One of them is is that one. Is that right? one? Okay. Oh, so or a variation of it. Oh, yeah, that's oh cool. that's great. Wow, that's an amazing flyer. So if unless there's anything else about the early Dorinka acts, um, we can n- no just that we. We opened the spring of
2: 1984, and then we, you know, there, there are many, many different performance artists uh, like Dance Noise, which is uh, Lucy Sexton and Annie Opst. Also, uh, Joe Andres, who was... Uh, who's Steve Buscemi's wife, who passed away recently. Oh, no, I didn't know it. But she had a a dance group that also did visuals called Liquid TV. And she was also a filmmaker, too. And I believe they might have met at the Rinka. I'd Hmm. I'd like to think that. Who else performed many ma- Oh, Karen Finley, Ethel Eichelberger, um, I know that name: Yeah. Um, then Joshua
1: we, mentioned: Joshua, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ethel Eichelberger.: Oh he did. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this is a photo of Ethel uh, in no, our dressing room. That's right.
0: He told us about that yes, yeah. Yes. yeah,
2: backstage. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ethel was a, a really amazing performer. Um, so we went on. now, the Might be Giants had yes. almost a monthly Uh, you know, night, Mm -hmm. one or two nights. And um, I know that you talked about Watch Face with Joshua (laughs) quite a bit. And sometimes they might be giants have, what they would do is they'd play two sets in a night. Then there'd be an act in between. And Mm. Watch Face played in between they might be giants two sets. (laughs) And then there were many other uh, acts. But it was, in the beginning, they might be giants might've had a... Audience of like 10, 15 people. Mm-hmm. And they built it up by the end, 1987, when we had two shows in a night. We packed the place with about 350 people wow. each show. Wow. 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 And, and really our capacity was about 99. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was and, and photographs I'll show you in a yeah. second of, um, of that last night when that was the case. So what I was getting at was I really wanted to bring someone in to play that set in between They Might Be Giants that I really felt people should see. Right And I mean, it wasn't, it, it didn't take long for They Might Be Giants to really get a, a big following. It really didn't, they, it, you know, I, I would say within six months of us opening, wow. you know, all of a sudden people knew, oh, They Might Be Giants are playing, we're going. Wow. Mm. And it was always a, a great time. We always had fun, you know, at Dorinka and especially when They Might Be Giants played. So there were many different acts, but one in particular was writer Hal Sirowitz, Oh, yeah. You know him? Yeah, yeah. Well, Hal had read his work. We had a prose and poetry nights on Sunday nights. And someone brought Hal in once, Mm -hmm. and he blew me away. I mean, Hal was... My mother?
0: Yes, my mother. That's the (laughs) one. My mother says... Flansburg recorded him and put out a CD of his work.
3: Okay, that's why I do. Deformed finger. Don't stick your finger in the ketchup bottle, Mother said. It might get stuck, and then you'll have to wait for your father to get home to pull it out. He won't be happy to find a dirty fingernail squirming in the ketchup that he's going to use on his hamburger. He'll yank it out so hard that for the rest of your life, you won't be able to wear a ring on that finger. And if you ever get a girlfriend and you hold hands, she's bound to ask you why one of your fingers is deformed. And you'll be obligated to tell her how you didn't listen to your mother and insisted on playing with the ketchup bottle. And she'll get to thinking. He probably won't listen to me either, and she'll push your hand away. So what happened was... That sounds familiar. I can send it to you. I I (laughs) saw
2: Hal perform, and I said, man, people got to hear you. Yeah. Hal, you're fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love what you're doing. So I got him to perform in between, (laughs) you know, one of the... They might be Giants nights or... or And... Um, to this day, if I see Hal, he's like, Gary, you're <laughs> the
3: one that,
0: you know, he, he, he credits me with getting him yeah. a lot of uh, recognition because of that. But I wanted to say, uh, so do you like have any idea of like the first time, like why, why pick They Might Be Giants to be this regular act? Was that uh, your end, on their end? Like, no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, they weren't the only ones. Okay. yeah, Okay. So uh, They Might Be Giants because um, they, they had a nice following. You know, they'd get the place packed. Now they weren't their their crowd was not big drinkers though. That's so <laughs> true. The, no, no, never, I can see that. Ne- yeah, never. Ne- so ne- yeah, and they, you know, there were. And that's not. I can't say that about everybody. No, yeah, but yeah, but that's there was true. some. There was some acts <laughs> that I would book that you know it was like. Everyone would like this, but they might be giants. No, not the case, but you know, I love them anyways. I love their music. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'll never forget being in my place, running around and they start, uh, don't let start. Yeah. And, ah, I'm home. Yeah. It was like this, this, this (laughs) wave (laughs) of Mm -hmm. warmth, you know, just would come over me like, okay, all right, we're back. Yeah. We're back, if you know what I mean. And, and that was one of the big tunes that, they just they played from the
0: very beginning. I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. Do you remember like the first like it to go like in chronological order, like the first time meeting them or seeing them? Like, how did it come about that they're I, at your now? I'm not the time? positive about this, but I think I saw
2: them at an avant garde rama. Okay. So I think, I think they were playing at PS122 for one of those kind of variety shows, which it, which it was. And I right away I said, okay, you guys got to come. You got to play Dorinka. Okay. And they did. And then we worked something out where they, they usually played one weekend, a Friday and Saturday night. And now the funny thing is after about a year and a half or so, um, they played on a Friday night packed. It was absolutely packed. We, we had so many people. Then on Saturday, I had some friends performing and they were like a performance artist, Andy Soma and David West, they were doing something and they gave out like mushrooms to the audience. Now, the good thing was there wasn't a big audience. Yeah, It was maybe like 40 people, but they were giving out mushrooms and we got raided that night. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> because because it wasn't legal Our, yeah. the, the Rinka w- I was operating what they call is an unlicensed bottle club. Yeah. So if they had come the night before when they might be giants were playing, it would have been an incredible mess, yeah, because it was so packed the night but the night they came, wow, it was like you know a couple of dozen people doing mushrooms <laughs> and, and you know they they it, it was hilarious, but um, they kicked everybody out and then cancuffed my barmaid and I and took all our beer and really cheap liquor and threw it in the trunk wow. and put her and I in the back seat and drove us away as some of our regulars were waving to us. <laughs> and as they said, it was like we were going up to a picnic with the beer <laughs> hanging out the back. But um, so we, we, it was a simple thing. They, you know, they we got a, we got a fine and I got a fine actually. And, and then um, not long after that, we had a, we had a, uh, a benefit at ABC, the club ABC, yeah, and they might be Giants played my benefit. It was just basically to get the money to pay the fine, yeah. oh. and so so we were closed for a little while, and then when we reopened, we reopened as a private club, and so at, hmm. th- at that huh. point, what happened was if you came in, you would you would fill out this membership index <laughs> card. is about this big. You would fill it out. Yeah. And um, usually in the beginning, it was like $5 to be a member. Mm-hmm. So you would fill out the card and we put it on file behind the bar and you would also get a membership card. And I have one for each of you. Oh my God. Oh, wow. This is
0: amazing. Yeah. One Thank for you. each of you.
2: And now. Oh, okay. Uh, We're so, members. Yeah, yeah. So, so what would happen is um, <laughs> if, if the police ever came. Oh, I got to sign it. If the police ever came and they said, yeah. "Okay, what? Well, this is a private club," they'd say, "Oh, really? Is this a member?" and we'd find their card, and we could say, "Yeah, look, we got the, this Smart. is your," you Smart. know, <laughs> and, and that's how we got around. It. Of course, we never got raided again, yeah. you know, after that. But um, and and the other thing, why it was good to have the index cards, is because. People didn't always have their membership cards, so if they didn't have a membership card, and you would say, "You met, of course, you know, we'd find a mm-hmm. card," so we got around that, and that's the way we we did that. And uh, no, we never we never had problems with the police after that.
1: That's <laughs> almost better, though. It makes it a real family, a real community. You know? Yeah. You have yeah. These cards. I like um, that the
2: other thing was when we did reopen for that last year, um, I hired uh, John Grenon, who is a um, yeah. You've heard the name? Yeah. He, he, he had worked at 8 BC and they had closed and I really liked John and I loved 8 BC. It was my, one of my favorite places to hang out when Dorinka wasn't open. And I hired him to come in and manage and do the booking for me at that point. So what John did is not only was he connected to a lot of the performance artists that I had already known, but he started bringing in like Alice Donut. You know those guys? No. Oh, it's it's, they're kind of a uh, a bunch of students, ex students from Columbia that had this funny, funny funnyish heavy metal band. Also, um, uh, Ordinaires. Oh, yeah. oh, Kurt okay. Hoffman and The Ordinaries. That's okay. right, The Ordinaries. Like, yeah. So John brought The Ordinaires in, and we had a little stage. Uh. And, and like they had, the band was on stage and whoever couldn't fit there was in front of it.
0: Wow. So that was huge. And uh, John replaced Bill Krauss as their sound guy at shows.
2: Oh. When I was managing, um, I I brought in like performance art novelty music, and that's what, I kind of, that's what I kind of call They Might Be Giants, right. you know, and, and a, <laughs> yeah. lot of, a lot of other music. But then when John came in, he really brought in like bigger acts, mm-hmm. um, not that we had
0: a sound system that could really support them, but, mm. but still it was fun, you know. Um, we wanted to ask any like first impressions of, of John and John from They Might Be Giants as, as people, as people to collaborate with? I would say they both are very dynamic.
2: In their own ways. John Flansburg is very, very business minded.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, Gary. This is
2: Johnny here. Uh, listen, um, let's talk again about this ad
0: thing. And I uh, just want to tell you that, you know, thanks for the show. And um, uh, what else I want? There's something else I want to tell you, but I don't know what it is.
2: But uh, call me, and I'll, or I'll call you before I talk to you soon. Bye bye you know as far as i remember yeah. you know this is here's a guy who's always thinking and mm. uh, you know dallas song is a perfect example <laughs> of, <laughs> yes. of someone who's thinking you know how could how could i really get us out there you know how could people know about me and and yeah. you know dallas song was a huge thing mm-hmm. a lot of people really liked it mm. and uh, and it was fun short little song just <laughs> And it, I don't know if you know, it was on the Village Voice, yeah, the yeah. phone number. It was in the bulletin board in the back. But, but John is uh, very, very businesslike in many ways. And John Linnell, very different. <laughs> John, that's John, what's
0: interesting to us. Is yeah. These two people t- to form this one thing. Yeah, kind of like an- that endlessly that fascinating to me.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. But they ha- they they really seem to have a wonderful relationship, mm-hmm. uh, you know, musically. And John's uh, accordion playing was always fantastic. Was brilliant yeah. in the beginning. You know, they played with this tape. Mm-hmm. You know, they had it that would have all the the rhythm section on it and John Flansburg played guitar, and John Linnell played accordion usually. I know he played a, a, maybe a little keyboard there, here or there. They, you know, these guys had their act down. Yeah. So whether it was from the sound check, they knew how they needed to sound, they knew what they needed to do. Bill Krauss was their sound person. Yeah. He was really excellent at it he knew exactly what he was doing and uh you know i had seen them at many different places and they always sounded good yeah you know there was never never a time where i was disappointed
0: yeah bill talked to us about how hard he worked at that that was really he said the only reason he was their sound man is because he wanted what the album sound what the demos and albums sounded like to kind of that integrity to stay at the live shows he didn't want it all destroyed. Yeah. Well,
1: we were talking about if you could remember any particularly standout performances, um, a lot of things we talked about were props and other things that they did on stage that maybe have been... There's
0: not a lot of footage or... Audio of their early shows before 1987. Yeah, so it's a lot of it's kind of a mystery to fans. If you remember anything, of it, I think they, you know, apparently they had a lot of props or visuals, anything yeah, well, like that. Uh, hammocks, puppet heads,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so puppet heads, and then they had mm-hmm. big hands,
0: oh, big hands. hand things, yeah. While they were singing, like what was the context? <laughs> uh, <laughs> How did, did they yeah. play instruments? They uh, couldn't have done that, right?
2: No, no, but but <laughs> I, I know there was there was some stuff like that
0: happening. <laughs> the cover of their demo album is yeah. them sitting with the big hands on. It's right, like, it's, their twenty-three song cassette. It's them sitting with the big hands. Well, but we know, never understood what the what they were doing. Yeah, they would stage. come out with them. Yeah, they uh, would come out on
2: stage with them and play the tape. So, okay. you know, there might be some music, you know, <laughs> on the tape and they didn't have to really play instruments yeah. at p- that point. And, and then I'm sure eventually they would lose them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was, it was one of those novelty things that, you know, people just loved. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh man, these guys are goofy.
0: Yeah. You know? All their favorite words. Yeah. guy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Right. Like to, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, their crowd is very very particular and hmm. and a,
0: you know they're not for everybody yeah, yeah. so um <laughs>
2: but uh, but
0: darinka had a home for them i wonder if you have any response to like one one thing that john flansberg said is he was always surprised how much people would laugh at, at what they were doing because he wasn't going for according to him he wasn't really going for that and that's always interesting to me too 'cause i I've experienced the same thing at, at my shows, <laughs> and people, people laugh laughing at, at a song that I think is really sad um it's kind of strange. do you have any memories of of that kind of vibe? Of- no they were they were always funny <laughs> yeah. they were they were always yeah. funny always um
2: you know of course <laughs> they're there are more serious songs that they did yeah. but um you know i think I think for a lot of their fans. It's like home cooking, it's like comfort food, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So um, it, it doesn't matter if it's a sad song or yeah. if, if it's extra sensitive, it's them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you, you hook into it. Yeah. It's that, you know, mashed potatoes that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not a good one, is it? Mashed potatoes.
0: But you know what I'm saying? Sure. You're saying you think, I feel like the laughter is like laughing with them, not at them kind of like, like a laughing that we're all Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think he saw it as maybe like, no, not. A- <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm sure there might be a couple here or there
2: yeah. that might be laughing at them like that. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it was a, a very, very. It was an experience. Their shows were an experience of togetherness. <laughs> you know, and I feel a little silly saying that, but it really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember seeing the house and. Everybody was fixated on them when they played. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. It was yeah. like, okay, they're here. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. what do they got for us today? Yeah. <laughs> and so they would they would do, you know, their their five, six songs that everybody knew, and then they'd have new stuff. And that was really exciting. Yeah. You know, and and I think that was that was a characteristic that a lot of bands have trouble with you know because if their fans know have songs that they really like and they really wait to hear mm-hmm. new stuff eh, you mm, know they're not sure. it's very difficult for yeah. them but that wasn't <laughs> the case with the be giants it seemed to me like their fans always were were you know just we're anticipating
0: what what's new. That's that still yeah, holds true. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I see a show, and right. they say this is a new song, I like <laughs> everyone be quiet. When I want to hear it. Well,
1: they're also so prolific; it goes yeah, hand in hand with the so crowd good. wanting more. It's like feeds into oh, itself. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: and you know, we got when spoiled I, when I first. <laughs> yeah, we did. And when I first heard them, I always, I I heard this connection to, um. To Elvis Costello, melodically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just felt there was a yeah. lot of that going on, and I love that. You know, I, I love Elvis Costello's you know melodies, mm-hmm. and I thought that the, they might be giants were just as creative. And I'll never forget when they first performed, and I think it was at Dorinka. Mm-hmm. Um, Birdhouse of the Soul. Birdhouse in your soul. Oh, in yeah. your soul. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. And and that was that was a that was a huge night that wow. was really big because yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, I was such, that di- was so different, mm-hmm.
0: you know, compared to everything. a sophisticated song music <laughs> musically. Yes. has a certain, It really steps things up. Like, cause if you know, I've tried to play it yeah, like, I can't, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's complicated and it's, it's got a structure that's, you know, it, I could see what, you know, how that would be, yeah, like, feel yeah. different. Yeah.
2: And, and, it, and it really was, uh, it was thought provoking for, mm. for people. What, what, what are they talking about? Yeah, sure. you know, and <laughs> yeah. have to step back for a minute and mm-hmm. you know think about that. And uh, it was nice.
0: I wonder if you and we, we we're aware this is years ago. So. Yeah. There's, there's a handful of songs that never were recorded that we know of that we know they played in those days. Like one of them is called I Wouldn't Be Mad. I don't know if, if any of these spark a memory for you. What's what else? So, okay, I Wouldn't <laughs> Be Mad. There's a song called Smiles that we don't know what it is. So, a lot of these are from Bill. Bill told us about oh, them, uh, but he doesn't remember them either. And most of these are just title only, just the names. I see. There is, um, oh my boss don't like me. <laughs> that yes, I do really? remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> now,
2: did you guys ever hear their first cassettes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so those songs don't appear no, on those. No, they're not on those. Oh. No. Okay. It's even
1: more.
0: Yeah. There's beyond. a lot. They, <laughs> they they said that you know they've they just would try songs for you know a few months and then get rid of them and you know replace them with newest newer sure, stuff. Sure. So yeah, there's boss don't like me. We're, we're just we're interested in, in any 96 of those. Ninety six tears. <laughs> Yeah, the 96 Tears Polka, which we think might be their, the other polka song, but with a different name. That hits, I That rings a bell. Yeah. That <laughs> rings a bell, yeah. We had
2: a international food festival mm-hmm. once at Dorinka, and that was hosted by myself and Karen Finley, the performance artist. And they might be Giants played, and I think they might've done that song, if which it's a polka.
0: One? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have a polka song that's on their album, but it's not named 96 Tears So we're kind of, But we don't really know. Oh, what you is.
2: don't know. No, I don't know. But I, I one of their early polkas, Yeah, yeah. They, they did at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and neither one of them is Polish. So do you, re- <laughs> do you, re- you don't remember anything about Boss Don't Like Me? Cause I, I love that no, title. <laughs> I, I don't, but I, I do remember, I believe that I remember hearing it at the Rinka uh, just because it was so, uh, the title was so, unique yeah, <laughs> and, and you see a lot of their fans are you know real working people and so <laughs> yeah. yeah man yeah I That's hate my boss you know <laughs> yeah yeah so that kind of stuff they would really relate to.
1: I mean on the subject of songs you mentioned Don't Let's Start as a favorite were yeah. there any other standouts to you maybe ones yeah, you were hoping just... they would play ones you heard for the first time that really struck a chord?
2: Well uh you know that was oh what's the one about the cow? Cowtown. Cowtown. Oh god, yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh that was another one when they'd when you know they'd start playing that and I, I felt you know mm. very, very at home, and, yeah, and, and uh, yeah. yeah. yeah Flansburgh yeah.
0: recently, he said that's his favorite song. Uh, that, recently, at a show, yeah. wow, well,
2: that that goes way back. That song,
0: yeah, way yeah. back to the beginning. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, <laughs>
1: that's it, one of those songs that just makes you happy. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> just produces
1: yes, yes. a good feeling.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, it um, does.
1: So we're looking at pictures of the old space.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, these are um, black and white photos uh, taken near the end of the club and also includes our last night, Mm -hmm. which... um, was a night with they might be giants, and I'm I'm not sure. i watch face might have also performed, uh, but uh, this is a photo of Robin Clements, who was our go-to bartender. She lived right upstairs, so okay. it made it very convenient. <laughs> yeah, and and she could we could make a lot of noise, but she lived right upstairs, and you could see this TV here. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know if John Gernon put it there. But the funny thing is that. It w- had the worst picture ever, <laughs> and, it, it you know, nobody watched it. It was like a piece of art right. that would just, you know, have the worst static and yeah. shit, and it was always on.
1: Is there for ambiance? Yes.
2: Yes, <laughs> well said. There's what? a
0: hand on the wall. That's cool. A human hand. Yeah,
1: that was a sculpture. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, In yeah. the bl- old black of my photo, it looks very real. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're,
1: we're going with it was a sculpture.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> There's we're looking Johnny. We're
1: an extremely young picture of John Flansburg. Yes.
2: And this wow, is these are great photos. Yeah, this is about 86, 87. So this is this is a, a they they might be giants um, crowd. Yeah but they're not playing yet. This is a, one of our murals. Oh <laughs> wow done this mural was done by Tom Marsan. This is Mr. Bubbles. I don't know if Oh my god.
0: Whoa. Tell me, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, breaking. It's news. a thing in an old recording yeah, where they yeah. say they mentioned Mr. Bubbles and we don't know what that means.
2: The rhythm section.
0: Here's the reason why.
1: Like to introduce the band to now, sitting in on synthesizer, it's Funky Del Pueblo. And let's have a big round of applause for the man on drums, Frankie. And weighing in at over 4,000 pounds, it's Mr. Bubbles. And on sound, Mr. Bill Krause.
2: Well, that's him. And I don't know his name. <laughs> I do not know his... All I know is he's Mr. Bubbles. But what, what's the context? I think, I think he had a band. <laughs> okay. That it's, maybe it was called Mr. Bubbles. I,
0: turned I,
1: to scared the hell out of him. I'm
0: sorry. I'm really sorry. not sure, but I know, I know that's him. Do you know their song Rhythm Section One ad? No. It's, so it's a song of theirs. It's on their first album. The song is about oh. how they don't have a band. It's kind of oh. a funny song. But in the early live version, Flansburg introduces the fake band. And he says, right. like, it's Mr. Bubbles, and you hear bubbles noises. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that that was a person. Yeah, yeah. There's Johnny. Wow, yeah. Is that Dennis
1: Leary? No. <laughs>
0: it looks
2: like Dennis Leary. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, see that? Joshua. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. And, and that's, <laughs> that's one of watch face right there, okay. Chaz. Mm. And there's Joshua. I don't know what he's doing with <laughs> his head. But I think they're getting ready for, uh, they might be giants to come out.
0: Yeah. It does look very homey. Mm. Nice, like, like a nice space. The funny
2: thing about it was the, um, the son of the landlord who had a club, who made this club. Mm. I, from what I understand, uh, he, he promoted like a, a wild, uh, all-boy, gay, Nights yeah. and and I believe it was like like a kind of thing, twenty bucks to get in, and it was real dark. <laughs> <laughs> and I think his father walked in oh, one night God. and 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 it was like and I think there was cocaine everywhere and yeah, yeah. and his father just lost it and said, Okay, you're not doing this anymore. So that's that's what happened. But you, uh, but you know, I want you to get the idea. Yeah, but,
0: this is amazing. Yeah.
2: yeah, so that's that's kind of you could see it's a small stage, you know. Um, but some people loved it because they said, "Oh, it's like a TV. <laughs> you know, people will feel <laughs> yeah. at home." Yeah, you know.
1: You know, this reminds me of is when I was booking at Niagara. Niagara, yeah. Where it was like they had art shows, but also bands playing, and you'd see the same people, right. you know, yeah. after a while. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Okay, so th- this is this is a crowd watching the my Giants. Yeah, so that's it's a good crowd. You can see.
0: Yeah. I love the floor. I was just gonna say <laughs> that. Wow.
2: That's theirs. Prompts. Th- oh yeah. Is that a noose? Like, yes, that's a noose. Interesting. Yeah, I do not know what it's for. I don't remember.
1: Is that for hope? I get old before I die.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that was another one.
3: Yeah. Oh. That boy,
2: was a, that was another song that yeah. you know. <laughs> Cowtown,
0: that one, and of course, uh, don't let start. Hmm. There's the bunny. We know that their friend made that bunny for them. Yeah. there's some info about yes, that. Yes, like. yes. The bunny. Yeah, the bunny.
2: <laughs> but I mean, I'm showing you because I want you guys to get, you know, get the feel for yeah. the club, and
0: we we do have this flyer for the FlexiDisc disc show. Do you have any? Do you remember that at all? Then promoting that show. That seems like it was their first ever thing that they released. It was fantastic.
2: No, well, no, they had. Um, mm. Well, they did have the cassette tapes. Yeah, yeah. Before that, mm-hmm. but that flexi disc um, party was huge. Mm-hmm. It was. It was a really big deal, and I remember that along with the flexi, if you got the originals, you got the Speak Norwegian flexi too. Did you know that? No. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Not only did you get. I have it. Oh, sure. But I don't know if I have the Norwegian because I, I did put oh I, yes. did, <laughs> I did put one of those um, on eBay.
3: Wow.
2: And now this this one was signed to me. See oh, they wow. signed it up here to me. <laughs> but I, I know that there was the flexi Wow, and then there was a learn Norwegian flexi also That's in there. That's so funny. Th- you didn't know that? No, this is not. And I think You stumped him. I think <laughs> I <laughs> sold. I sold the one that had learn Norwegian. Mm. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> oh! <No!
1: laughs>
2: wow! Look. So, so what's just, on no. that? <laughs> That's so funny. So they had you had both of them in the in the same. So you got the flexi and you got. The, bon- yeah. the bonus track, wow. Learn
1: Norwegian. Is that literally just a track about how to learn Norwegian yeah. with their, yeah. wow, yeah. No, awesome. it had
2: nothing to do with them. It was, right, right.
1: <laughs> it was a Burlitz,
2: side one and two, hmm. Learn Norwegian, and
1: uh, yeah. Just with their sticker on
2: it. Wow. That's funny. I can't can believe you didn't know that. Of that. That's, That's so amazing.
0: great. There, yeah. Okay. There's some things I don't know. Well, that's why we're doing these interviews.
2: <laughs> well, good. You, well, you, of course you're familiar with Gigant. Yeah, I want to. Yes, I, I will talk, yes.
0: uh, talk about that too. I have um, both those. Yeah, actually, we could cards. talk about that now. I mean, what uh, were you? Were you in Gigant? Yes, you were. Yeah, right? Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it in a few years. Yeah. I what mean, was that like being interviewed about it for the documentary? Um,
2: it was the first time that uh, that I was interviewed about They might be giants, mm. um, and. It was exciting. You know, it, w- it was fun. It was it was very quick. You know, yeah. he, because you know he he kind of made the movie like um a mockumentary that's not.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not
2: <laughs> a mockumentary, but he made it like that. So people watch and go, this is weird, you yeah. know, yeah, sure. but it's all true. Yeah. Um but uh, so he <laughs> you know that that whole thing about um I, I think he really made the most out of my statement when I said, you know, our capacity was ninety nine, and yeah. when they might be giants played near the end, mm-hmm. we could get three hundred fifty people in. Yes, and Do you, remember, you know, man, and cool. yeah, yeah. so I remember being in the theater the first night the movie played, and I said that line, and everyone, <gasps> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the whole, yeah. the whole place went, <gasps>
0: <laughs> you know, they couldn't believe that we did that, but mm-hmm. you know, we never. Did you? What was that night? The pre, was it like the premiere, like of the the movie, or do you remember anything about that?
2: No, I, <laughs> okay. I really don't. But I tell you what, I do remember. Sure. If you remember, there is a concert that is covered in the movie, and that concert happened at the Bowery Ballroom. And there's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of um, they might be giants playing with the band. Yeah, it's yeah, It's not yeah. The two of them. It's you know with the band. And I was there, and that night was September 10th. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 2001. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I that, knew. So that, there's a um, there's a gig that they really, you know, they had a lot of in the film, and they kind of end the film with, you know, after that night, the next day was yeah.
1: 9/11. And that's when Mink Car came out. <laughs> yeah. One of their albums. That's what yeah. So. Well,
2: I I was waking up with a hangover wow. after the they might be giants gig and um all of a sudden, you know, on the news, you know, mm-hmm. uh, plane airline hits, you know, world trade yeah. center. It was wow,
3: I woke
2: yeah. up woke up pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I like I say, I think they did a really, he did a really good job with the film. Mm-hmm. There's a certain charm to it that, that I like and that I think people who are not fans of They Might Be Giants
0: will like. It's entertaining. Yeah. yeah. It's the first time I heard of Dorinka now that I think of it,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, really? Have yeah. you had a lot of contact still with the John's... In, uh, in the subsequent years after the closing, or do you keep up with them? Or? Um, no,
2: we, we've run into each other on and off over the years. Um, I was in, I was in uh, L.A. some years back, and an old friend of mine, actually the photographer who took all those shots, he lives in San Diego now. And I was in L.A. and he called me, he says, oh, they might be Giants are playing, you know, tomorrow night. Why don't you come down and let's go. Mm-hmm. So I came down and we went, we went and we saw they might be Giants. Then we went backstage and hung out with them in San Diego. It was a really good gig. Then John said, oh, we're going to be playing a casino in Mohegan Sun next month. Yeah. He says, and he said... Uh, Either I don't know which one of them said it, but I said, <laughs> "Gary, do you have a, uh, a tuxedo?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Why don't you introduce us?"
0: Uh. <laughs> so,
2: so because um, my family lives in Connecticut, and mm-hmm. I they knew that. So, anyways, I went and introduced them at at the casino. It was fun. It was really hilarious because I had taken my son <laughs> to see some ridiculous sci-fi film, the one where. Um, just so many people could get on the spaceship and the earth was gonna get destroyed. And then they all get on, someone like op- gets the doors stuck and all these people get on. Do You know which one yeah. I'm talking about? I don't know the name of it, but I had just seen it. So I came out and made this big thing about, you know, we'll all get, we'll all get out of here. You know, we're all gonna go. And like the crowd's going, you know, what, and, and, you know, and then, and, and then, Then after the show John goes to me, What was that all about? (laughs) And I said, It was this film. I said, Oh God, you know, nobody's even gonna see this thing and here I am. But it was it was that sounds great. It was goofy. (laughs) It was goofy. Sounds like a good intro to me. Yeah, I love
0: that. Wow. Oh, so do, should we transition to the, the closing of the, the club and that, that night you told us about um, you could go in more in detail if there's anything about them playing that final Well, one, thing, or... one thing I
2: wanted to tell you yes. is that um, Joshua was talking about Ferro Botanica. Do you remember that? He was mentioning <laughs> he was mentioning this magazine. And yes, I, okay. yes. Do you remember that? Now, I don't know why he mentioned it for some reason, mm-hmm. but... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's Pharaoh Botanica. And the funny thing is, in the back of this particular issue, they had this little record. Oh. Is this record? And on this record was the only time State of Desire was recorded. Oh, Oh, wow. There's a recording. And I'm going to send you, I'll send you the uh, MP3 for this song. And you can play that. And the other thing is that the cucumbers are also on here. Oh, OK. Huh. And, and free, I, I think um, Jonathan, wa- Joshua was one of the writers wow. of their song, because he's, he's credited here wow. with oh, wow. my boyfriend. The other thing is um, Al Houghton. Uh huh. Yeah. His band at the time is also on here called The Mask. Okay. And this was a band before he and I were playing together. Mm.
0: This is uh, very limited. Here. Yeah. <laughs> very. Well, we also know Al engineered the Wiggle disc too.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. So we had been in operation for a good three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what happened was my landlord was thinking about selling the building. Mm. And he said, Gary, you know, you're, you're great. You're a great tenant. And what I want to do is I want to I go on a month-to-month basis with you. So how can you book how can I book something, you know, yeah, 3 no, months, <laughs> 4 months in advance and we're going, you know, month to month and then you tell me, you know, but he wanted to keep it attractive for a potential buyer and say, you know, well this space, you know, I can get kick him out anytime. Yes. So I kind of saw the end there. I said, you know, I think that this might be a signal for me to let this chapter in my life go. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I did. I, I said, okay, that's it. And John Grenon, who was managing for me at the time, was really not happy. He, because he had just lost his job with APC when they closed. And now all of a sudden, you know, I was closing also. So he was, he was not a happy camper, but it was time to move on. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, running a club like that was fantastic because of, all the wonderful people I met, many, many brilliant artists, musicians, writers, uh, filmmakers, uh, performance artists, um really I I even to this day many of these people are still my friends yeah, from wow. when it, it, but the only thing is it takes years off your life because <laughs> sure, you know maybe. you're you're sure. you know you're you're staying up late and yeah, yeah. you know you're waking up late and it takes a toll mm. and and not only that but I had I had a lot of friends they would like show up after their other jobs whether they were working in a restaurant or something. So there'd be like six to 12 people who'd show up at closing time. So, oh yeah, we're here, man. You know, and now, (laughs) now it was time to party with them. So, you know, we'd lock the door and we'd we'd like, you know, party till, you know, four or five in the morning. And then, okay, see you guys. Got to go to, well, after breakfast usually. But, you know, (laughs) so, so that's, that's kind of the club life you know? right. um, and, and in my case, you know, if for two years, first, first two years, I lived there. I did all the booking and I cleaned the place. I had a couple of do- different doormen that worked for me and uh, several people who worked the bar. But other than that, I did everything. I didn't make money, I, I did make my money back that I put in and i always had some cash on hand in my pockets if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. but um but i did make my money back so you know it was it was uh cool in that sense yeah i, I didn't lose money but i didn't walk away with you know a rich man or anything like
0: yeah, that yeah um so the the closing night big party big performance do you want to talk a little bit about that
2: you know it was
0: Bittersweet, yeah, yeah. Of course,
2: because uh, a lot of people came that loved the club.
0: That you know, uh, you know, love. They might be giants too. In terms of the final, the performance of They Might Be Giants in that last night, do you remember anything about that? Like any like big closing songs or anything? I don't now, know, like just sort of. The- no, I just I just remember it was a huge night.
2: Mm. It was a, it, we, we had, like I say, they did two shows and we told everybody to leave after first show yeah and then got <laughs> the second, and there was a big line out front. Wow. You know, a huge line waiting for the second show. Yeah. And this is like a club nobody even knows is there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what? What are those people? Oh, there's a club. There's a club over there. Yeah, you know, it was that kind of thing. Because usually, rarely did we have a line outside. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, people just came right in. But oh, yeah. that night, we had a gigantic line. But it was the last night, so we weren't going to yeah. get busted for anything. Mm-hmm. But we also had we also had some neighbors who would come and say, "Hey, man, you're making too much noise. Yeah. You got to let <laughs> me in." <laughs> nah. So we and they would do that a lot. Uh-huh. They'd come in, you know, so they'd come in to see the shows, whatever was going on, because they 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 said that we we're making too much noise. Yeah. But other than that, um it was just uh it was a huge, huge sad ending. Yeah. 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 I no, it was fun. I, I wasn't <laughs> sad. <laughs> I, I really wasn't. I, I was happy that it was, you know, gonna stop. But th- there might be Giants were on a roll. Yeah. You know, they were like they were no stopping them at that point. Mm. You know, they had they had an album out or two yeah. by then. How many eighty seven, how many albums? One one, but the then their second yeah. album, Lincoln,
1: Lincoln was looming. Was yeah, right. Must have been close. making it. In so,
2: years. so the one that came out was the one that Rodney Greenblatt did. Yes. Yeah, cover. that's right. Yeah, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with it? The, their I, I at all? somehow yeah, someone gave me the artwork for that album cover. So not not <laughs> the original artwork, oh, okay. But but a printed, sure. You approved. know, like w- that was eventually the album cover Mm -hmm. so it was printed the size of the album without being folded and I don't know where I got it (laughs) now um I have friends that live up in Catskill, New York, and Rodney lives there now and has a store. And I was up there and Rodney was away, but I left it with my friends and I said, "When you get a chance, have Rodney sign it for me because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't signed, but it's it's it is the album cover but flat." Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it it could really be beautiful frame. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, uh, okay. What else? What? We, well, a lot of what others. now? <laughs> well, so I did want because you sent us those songs. Yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If there's any standout song to we, you know, to just talk about a little, I really I liked Chump Change. That was oh, catchy. Chump Change. Any, are, were you, are you the songwriter? That that song? Yes, I okay. was.
2: Academy was, uh, was a band that um, I was in back in the early 80s mm-hmm. uh, with Al Houghton yeah. <laughs> and um, Norman Yaguda and eventually the, the drummer was Bill Weisbach. But we we had a couple of drummers before him, uh, which included uh, Sterling, who's a, who, who toured with David Bowie wow. and b52s hmm. But when he played with the academy, he was only seventeen. Wow and he was a monster. he was a really wow. great drummer, and then he went on to be like a touring drummer for these guys. Yeah. really great guy too. And th- we had Bill Weisbach eventually. but anyways uh, this this band. Um, played CBGB's and, and played uh, My Father's Place in Long Island. <laughs> uh, we we played a lot of places and Chump Change yeah. <laughs> was, uh, was a song um, that we loved. And I think that's the one that I'm using a bass synthesizer. So ah. the bass is going through a weird kind of distorted thing. I, I, I'm not sure if that's the version that you heard. Mm. That's one band. And then the band before that, mm-hmm his State of Desire, and that was a trio. Um, Mary Kessler was our keyboard player. We all wrote together, the three of us. Oh, okay. Mary Kessler was a keyboard player playing a Prophet 10, a Prophet 5, and then Jeff Nybloom was our drummer, and I played bass and guitar in that band. Mm-hmm. The three of us, we played CBs, we played danceateria, and for whatever reasons, um, we broke up And it was really my fault because those two guys were a couple, and they argued. (laughs) They like let's say a four-hour rehearsal we'd have, they'd argue for two hours. Yeah. And eventually, I got really upset with that and said, I want to find a more professional situation. Yeah. Well, you know, it it listen, you know, life is about learning lessons. And but those guys were extremely creative. And I didn't realize, you know, just how creative they were, but until later. But my point is mm. after we broke up, Mary went to, um, she played on Madonna's first record. She's doing wow. a lot of those synth parts. Yeah. And then she became a song doctor for CBS records. And uh, she worked with um, the guy from Men at Work, Hmm. Colin, whatever his name is, and also a Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's. Hey, that's my dream job. I don't know how you get that, yeah. jobs. Yeah, I not anymore. No I <laughs> no But here's the best part about Mary. But she and her husband, they were responsible for, you know, um, there was a Microsoft platform, one of the windows that had a little figure that would come out and go, you know, do this and do this, a little animated <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. ever see that? The paperclip?
1: And then what? The paperclip?
2: Yeah, yeah, the paperclip guy. Okay, <laughs> they they did all the sounds for the paperclip p- guy. Wow, <laughs> all the music and all the sounds. Wow, and uh, <laughs> they they were getting some residuals for a long I'll time. Oh, bet she is. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, paperclip. Thank you.
0: I don't, I don't even remember what he looked like. Um, so what? what Jordan? What? That? <laughs> yeah, Jordan. Well, then we I, to wrap things up. I want to <laughs> talk about just post Dorinka. Anything oh, else you want to talk about oh, here? Oh, that's cool anything (laughs) well
2: um since Dorinka um I I did well during Dorinka I I had a very very tiny role in Desperately Seeking Susan
0: oh really if
2: you remember that film Uh, I was uh I was in a band that I was in the band that Madonna's boyfriend was in and so I picked them up down on that it packed picked them up in Battery Park and yelled out, hey, we're gonna hit traffic on the bridge, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was driving a, a van, our band van, that was covered in skulls. And the artist was uh, Michael Roman, an East Village artist who, who passed away not too long ago. But um, so I, that was my that was my first SAG job. I got wow. my, hmm. my SAG card from doing that.
3: Thing. See, the band got this gig in Buffalo and we gotta start tonight. Yeah, well, next time don't put it in the newspaper, okay? Susan, I've been looking for you for weeks. To Buffalo with me. Uh-uh, you'll be working. It's boring. Come on, come to Buffalo. I'll find some trouble for you to get into. That'll cheer you up. I've had enough trouble already. W- you you were with this guy? He's breathing when I left.
2: Hey, Beauty and the Beast, we're gonna hit traffic on the bridge. Let's fly.
3: I don't like leaving you like this.
2: Take care of myself. And, <laughs> and I've been on law and order a couple of times really I've done um, I've done uh, loads of performance in theater I toured with Karen Finley mm. in a show that she she wrote called um, Uh, Theory of Total Blame, which we did in New York City two different times, uh, Rochester, New York, San Francisco, L.A., and also um, worked with uh, Castudis Nakis and uh, the Ridiculous Theatrical Company also, Mm -hmm. and Salome, and uh, a lot of theater. And then uh, I I was also a home shopping host. Really? (laughs) Wow. For Son of QVC called Q2, which was here in New York city. It was there, it was son of QVC. So they, they were looking to tap into the cool people. Yeah. So they, you know, (laughs) now, so they got some really cool, like hosts people to sell stuff. So, you know, I, I was selling um, all kinds of like skateboard stuff, you know, and music (laughs) and uh, surfing stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they realized the cool people don't really buy from TV. No. You know. <laughs> uh, and at, actually at one point my partner there was uh, Lucy Sexton from Dance Noise who also performed at Derenka. Okay. And uh, Clinton Kelly who was on TV on ABC's um um the what's it called the the Munch no not the Munch the the th- Bite no. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it's bite? it's like that. Not the bite. It's something like that. But he was he was also a home shop. The nosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's close. Yeah. Anyways, um, that was that was fun for yeah. for uh, a year and a half. I did that. Wow. Up uh, out at um, Silver Cup Studios. Oh in, yeah. And, in Queens. <laughs> yeah. And that's where our, our studios were. And uh, then then what happened was. Um, Barry Diller sold it to Comcast and Comcast was looking at the books and they said, okay, QVC. Whoa, that's a big winner. Q2? eh, I didn't make any money. (laughs) Cut it. So basically they stopped it with, I had six months left on my contract. So that meant they had to pay me six months. Wow. So that that was nice. They did a lot of yoga then. Yeah. (laughs) So and then and then uh, most recently, uh, Bulldozer was a show that I helped develop with uh, with the composer, uh, Peter Galperin, who's an old friend of mine, who's a, a writer, songwriter, and he didn't know much about theater. He said, Gary, you know, I got this idea about this show about Robert Moses if you know that name. And I said, wow. And I, I heard the music and I said, this is pretty good music. So um, I helped him kind of as a consultant and I directed two showcase productions of it, mm-hmm. one at the Cutting Room and one uptown at the Triad. And then a production company came in and took over and uh, I became the associate director and the choreographer for the show uh so it had it had a a short run but we did do a wonderful cast album which was recorded at dubway (laughs) and um our star was uh, constantine maroulis who's uh he was a finalist on um
1: American Idol, exactly. <laughs> Why am I knowing all these? You people? know that <laughs> he, he was, and he was Constantine. Also,
2: yeah, Constantine Maroulis, and he was also on Broadway in uh, mm-hmm. several shows, Rock of Ages and stuff like that. Oh wow. yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Did you do any more with um, band stuff playing? I mean, you're bass player, singer. Uh,
2: n- not so much. Yeah. Not so much. No, I I, um, I really started concentrating on uh, theater and yeah. and writing. I've done over um, probably thirty national commercials.
0: Really? Um, wow.
2: Most recently, uh, I did this cancer, com- cancer commercial for uh, this product called Katruda. And um, when, when it was finally approved by the S- FDA, they put this commercial together with a family of actors. Yeah. And <laughs> my wife has lung cancer. But what happened was the, the gal who played my wife is fantastic, Broadway actress. She was really, really great. Um, and she does this too in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so this, this spot played for about eight months and then they have these commercial blogs where people like blog about commercials, Okay. And get a life. But anyways, these women were complaining that we were not real, we were actors. <laughs> yeah. You know, they felt scammed. So what did they do? Make a commercial with real people that wow. were using the drug, wow. and so we got we had a really good run for for um, <laughs> for eight months. But isn't that funny that they did that? Yeah. The other thing I just recently did was there's a show on a sci-fi channel called Happy.
0: Yeah, I love oh, Happy. Yeah. You do. I've watched season one. I haven't seen season two yet. I, I, well, I'm a big fan of the creator Grant Morrison. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, a graphic He's a comic novel book writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm and, a big comic book nerd. So. Season two, yeah. episode eight.
2: Okay. I am I, I'm playing some really bad guy oh that God, that uh, smoothie and the little girl yeah he's kidnapped her yeah. and they kill me. <laughs> okay. they, he's getting back he's he's getting revenge on me and he's he's drugged me so I'm kinda of paralyzed. And while he's stabbing me, the little girl <laughs> is comforting me, going, It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, wow. just, it, it just it uh, just wow. So, I, I don't do much, but I die. Watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm gonna watch season two soon. We just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, wow, it's episode eight, amazing. and so
2: uh, cool. re- wow, what a show that is, man. That's yeah, that's off the wall. You know, I do have a website, GaryRay.info. Okay. You know, check it out. I, I need to update it more often. But Darinka has a group at Facebook. Yeah, oh, cool. I saw that. You did. Why don't you become a? Why do you? You want to be a member? Come sure. On, request. What, what is it though? Like it, it's nothing much. Than just you know, if if any of um, our alumni are performing anywhere, oh, or if they're great. publishing anything, okay. or if they're you know gigging or a record, I'll put it up there. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, and and I do that um, all the time. Wow. Or if somebody passes away, which also happens, but uh, but it's you know, it's all it's really about. Um, where Darinka comes from and yeah, the people that's yeah. great so um yeah and and there's photos there and there's okay. some and there's some photos of Darinka and i think a couple of the um they might be giants flyers which you might yeah. have already seen
0: maybe I, I, yeah some of them but maybe not all of them Yeah, wow, that's fantastic but this oh, has definitely. been this
2: has been fun i i yes. really hope you have something good here
0: yeah we do and i guess we'll wrap it we'll just say yeah. officially thank you so much yes thank you gary you you're welcome and super interesting <laughs> a lot of great stories <laughs> and yeah. yeah i wish i i wish i
2: had more to offer you i mean I, you know I, I walked in we're closing one night and i walked in the backyard and there are two people fucking naked <laughs> you
0: know um one hot summer night uh do you mean f- f- fucking as the verb or like are you just ad- adjective or verb comma Yeah, naked. I think it's the verb. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, it it was the verb. I had a, you know, sorry guys,
0: we're closing soon. Yeah, that's kind of awkward. That's a good way to end. Yeah, I can't think
1: of a better ending.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop recording. Sounds good. Wow. That was amazing, man. I love, I love listening to Gary tell stories. I I know Dave did too. Isn't that right, Dave? Chevy chase. Gary has been an amazing collaborator to prepare this episode with. Uh, he, he provided all that music you heard, some of that is extremely rare stuff. It's just like this vinyl that came with a magazine. So you won't hear that anywhere else. He's also providing us tons of visual stuff. So if you want to check out our Twitter, that's Don't Let's Pod, check out our Twitter because uh, throughout the week I'm going to be posting amazing stuff from Gary. Uh, they might be Giants related and, and also just general Dorinka related stuff. You can kind of see what he's talking about. I know there's a part in the interview where Gary shows us some photos. Dave, do you remember when Gary showed us photos and what you thought of them?
1: The animals are always the first to know.
0: Yeah, so I didn't I didn't want to leave our listeners out there. So if you go to our Twitter at Don't Let's Pod, you'll, you'll see some of those photos that he showed us. Before we finish the episode, a few minor corrections, because I have a feeling our, our listeners are as obsessive as we are. Isn't that right, Dave? The
1: darkness is coming for all of us.
0: So one thing he talks about, the going to that concert, and he says it's the concert in Gigantic. That was actually, uh, I, I did not correct him at the time, but the concert in Gigantic was filmed at the Polish National Home, and I know because I was there. I plan to talk about that in a future episode. The September 10th show he's talking about at the Bowery was like a private show that was a separate thing than the footage from Gigantic, so kind of a separate, separate thing going on there, but that's an easy mistake to make.
1: So I said, of course, I'd like some grated cheese on my linguine.
0: The second thing that is just a personal thing that bugs me is at one point I tried to use a film, a cinematic term, and I said, you pan out. I think I meant to say zoom out or possibly pull out. And that is the film student in me who uh, cringed when I re-listened back to that interview. Uh, Dave, were you blown away that I made that horrible error? Put a fork in me. And one more thing. We men- we played a clip of the song My Boyfriend, which I, I, lo- I love that song. I listened to that song uh, all day yesterday. Gary credits Joshua Freed to that song. Uh, I actually contacted Joshua, and it is his brother that was involved in that song, not Joshua. So that was just a-, a little mistake. Credit to Joshua's brother, because that is an awesome song that is very catchy. Dave, did you like that song? I feel empty inside. Please check out our Twitter at Don't Let's Pod. I'll be discussing more about this episode and and future episodes. You can email us at don'tletstartpodcast at gmail.com. I will probably respond to you because I am bored, uh, as I think a few people could uh, verify. So, wow, what's coming up next? I do want to get episodes out there. I I have a few ideas of ways I can kind of do somewhat quick episodes that are still full of a lot of fun stuff. Dave might just come over soon because we've both kind of been inside for a few weeks and I think we're both doing okay. We might try to maybe do it over the phone or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm getting a bit tired of putting on podcasts I like and the horrible sound quality uh, kind of is pervasive among all of them. Uh, I hope everyone out there is doing well. I know I said that already, but it it bears repeating. Oh, check out, Gary Ray's uh, Darinka Facebook page. Uh, I think it's pretty easy to to find if you go to Facebook and click on Darinka. But it's the the group is called Darinka, a performance studio. He posts archival stuff from that time all the time, and it's it's really fantastic. So I will leave you for now. I'll try to get another episode out sooner than than this one came out. Obviously, a few of our plans for episodes and other interviews are postponed at the moment, but that's okay because there there's more important stuff to worry about uh so goodbye from me and from dave and everyone have a have yourself a merry little christmas goodbye
1: see you next podcast
3: Thank you very much, thank you, Woody Academy.